Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of the Blue View podcast. Thank you for the support on the last episode. Obviously, we did a review um, of the game that went really, really well. So, yeah, thank you for the support on that. Today, we've got a very, very big guest, a very, very respected journalist we've got from The Athletic. We've got Simon Johnson. Would you like to introduce yourself? Hi there. <laughs> How are you doing? Hope all is well, everyone. Yeah, thanks so much for coming on, honestly. Um, so today, guys, basically what we're going to be doing is we're going to be talking about the Wren game, a couple of topics, and then if we have time at the end, we'll talk a little bit about the Spurs game coming up, obviously. Very, very big London derby this weekend. We're all excited for it. So, yeah, without further ado, let's get into it. So, obviously, Simon, it was a I, so it was a good win, obviously, against Wren, but it was a tough game. You know, it wasn't the battering that Chelsea fans were hoping for after these recent results, but... Uh, a couple of talking points from the game, really. The first one I want to mention, obviously, is, is Werner's performance and some Chelsea fans' reaction to it. Obviously, justified reaction. Is it justified or is it, you know, just fatigue? Because obviously, he was getting quite a bit of hate on social media. Um, hate slash criticism. I saw both, really, on, on Twitter, especially. Sort of, you know, obviously, he missed a couple of easy chances. And, you know, the one at the end, people were saying, obviously, he got away with it with Giroud scoring. So, like, what's your overall feeling about Werner at the moment and, and sort of how he's doing? And obviously, is it just fatigue? Does he need to rest on, on Sunday or do you think Lampard will play him? Well, I, I think for starters, I'd be very surprised if he doesn't face Spurs um, because he's become a key part of the side, um, even when he's having a, a, a bad game, which you, you could say the Wren game followed up from the Newcastle game in terms of his... Um, his uh, efficiency in front of goal. Um, but then it was the Newcastle game where there was that moment of magic, the assist for Abraham, that burst of pace. Um, that's going to scare Spurs defenders. Um, and I think Lampard will want to keep that and the relationship with Abraham going. But I would never condone the level of abuse that, that any player gets, to be honest with you. But I can understand the criticism you know, if it's just li literally criticism. Because, again, referring to the Newcastle game, he, he, he missed chances there. So, you, you sort of had the Newcastle performance, then the Wren performance, that early chance from hudson Doys cross. You sort of thought, well, how on earth... Not only has he missed it, but how on earth has he managed to miss it so badly? Um, it is a bit concerning, but at the same time, he's getting in the positions to score these chances you just sort of think there's going to be a, a, a time, and I'm sure Chelsea fans will love it if it's, if it's Sunday, where he, everything he touches turns to goals. Um, it, and of course, don't forget, it, it, his first Chelsea goal was against Spurs in the League Cup. So I, I understand the concern, but I, I, I don't think the level of criticism is justified just yet. Yeah, I agree with that, to be honest with you. Like, obviously... Some Chelsea fans listen to this. If you're like worried about Werner, I'd say don't be, to be honest. Because one thing that I have noticed, Simon, is that he seems to have a, a pretty good mentality from what I can tell. You know, like people are saying, oh, he's like the German Morata and stuff. But I don't think that's comparable, <laughs> to be honest. Because like with Morata, like the other night, you know, against Red, like if he missed those chances, I think he would have sold about it. And But what I see from Werner is he's just constantly like at them, at them, at them every time. Even if he misses chances, you know, he's still... He would just keep going and keep going and keep going. And I love that, to be honest, from him. So do you sort of get that similar vibe from him, that he's just one of those players that no matter how many chances he'll miss, you know, he'll just keep going at defenders? 
Well, yeah, I mean, that's why I sort of raised the Newcastle example where, where you know, he was having a really tough, tough game um, and yet his his moment of magic was was uh, vital in, in getting that crucial second goal. Um, you know, there are times where I've seen him get his head down. He is only human. But as someone that, that witnessed um, Alvaro Morata and his poor personality up you know up close um in my previous job at the evening standard i wouldn't we're, we're talking chalk and cheese here uh, Murata was someone that couldn't handle um the, the pressure of being chelsea's main man um i'm not getting that impression from Werner yet yes of course i i think um it, it's right that chelsea fans will want him to be putting more of these chances away but his goal return is still is still pretty good. Okay, yeah, he's been his figures are somewhat boosted by by becoming the penalty taker, which I think is the right call, by the way. Because just imagine if he wasn't the penalty taker, uh, people would be focusing more on on the amount of goals or lack of goals that he's got. I just think that's taken a little bit of the pressure off. I, I just think there's going to be a game. It might be Sunday, it might be Sevilla, it might be Leeds. You know, I'm sure Chelsea fans would love it if he does it against Leeds. Um, that Werner is just going to get like a hat trick or something, and, and then all this noise will die away. Yeah, I just want to add to that actually. I think what's key about Werner's game is that he's not never really been an aesthetically pleasing player anyway. I mean, if you look at him at Leipzig, he was never someone you'd, you know, someone would say that, oh, he's so good to watch. I think he's mainly because of his output. And he's a goal scorer. He will score goals. Uh, so, like Simon alluded to there, um, I totally agree. I think we wouldn't be surprised to see a game where he comes up with a hat-trick or a brace or something because his game is about goal scoring and he does that very well. So, yeah, there are games where, I know Pius mentioned earlier, there's obviously been a bit of criticism over his performances uh, last couple. But I think that his game is more than just, you know, he's not going to be one who's going to blow you away with his, you know, his skills or anything on the ball. But it's more to do with off the ball, his pace and his goal scoring. So I think we need to be a bit patient as a fan base. Um, but at the same time, he's already shown that he's going to contribute and it's already early stages. So I think with Werner, I think, again, you can't really compare him to Morata either. Um, but, you know, he should be a success. So I think we're all looking forward to that. And and, and just quickly, you know, he is only 24. Um and Lampard, I'd say the one mistake Lampard's made perhaps is, is playing him as many minutes as he has. Uh, I think he's played more minutes than anybody. Um, I was a bit surprised that he stayed on as long as he did against Wren. Um, I think that was an occasion where if it was me, and, and, and I hate to uh, do this to, to super Frankie Lampard, but if it was me, I would have, um, for the change, I would have moved Hudson-Odoi to the left flank and taken Werner off. Uh, rather than taking Hudson Odoi first, um, I just think Vern is the one that um, is, your, is your guaranteed first teamer. Um, so he was the one that needed a rest, and, and Hudson Odoi conversely was the one that needed the the the, the, the nigh on ninety minutes that Werner got. So I'd say I'd say perhaps a bit of game management is required in the in the fixtures to come. The good thing is with the Champions League, okay, Chelsea want to finish top of the group, of course, but with qualification decided perhaps the last two group games you, you, you won't see Werner's from the start yeah I mean that's fair enough obviously 
Lampard's in-game management has obviously been like a, a discussion point. I think it's been better over recent weeks, but we're not going to get into that because that just opens a whole new kind of world. The worms. Whole different world, whole different world, that sort of thing in terms of Lampard and what you want from him. But I think one thing we have to be careful of, guys, is obviously this is Werner's first season as well. And I'm not saying you can't have like really high standards and expectations, but I mean, for his first season, his first sort of couple of few months, he's doing well. You know, he has got a decent goal return, as, as Simon said. It's not like he's doing terrible or anything, but I think obviously because Hakim Ziyech, Ben Chilwell, um, have started so well. Thiago Silva, Mendy, like all these signings have come in and started so well. We sort of expect, you know, every single one to do ridiculous like they have. And I just think, you know, there is going to be usually that one player, that one signing that doesn't start off like amazing, amazing, but will grow into it. And I sort of get that feeling from Werner. I sort of think like he'll get better over the coming months and especially with his age as well. So I think we can just sort of chill out on Werner a bit. I think we're covered, you know, we've got a good player, trust me, guys. So, yeah, that's the sort of Werner discussion over there. Um, another talking point I wanted to mention with you, Simon, obviously, is Callum hudson Adoy's performance. Now, we've mentioned this a lot on previous podcasts about what we want from hudson Adoy. you know, in terms of tracking back. And I think in terms of his performance, one of the things I wanted to mention to you is obviously he was tracking back a lot. I was paying particular attention it's almost like Lampard has definitely told him sort of you know you have to track back if you want to play you know there was quite a few times where you know the ball was switched and he was sort of near not almost identical like in, in line with Aspi you know it was like he was kind yeah. of like double teaming with Aspi you know I've never seen him so far back and as a fan it's very very like pleasing to see that you know I've, we want every player to work hard and I just feel like Hudson is so young you know he can add so many things into his game and you know is it enough really to win Lampard over if he's if he's doing this tracking back and if he's you know pr producing like he did against Ring going forward scoring the goal or or do you think like he's kind of a victim of circumstance in a sense because you know we have Pulisic for the left wing and for the right wing we have Ziyech and those are sort of if they're both fit they're, they're guaranteed starters let's be honest so like, what do you think about the overall situation with Hudson Adoy at the moment and how it may pan out over the next few months? Well, I'll start with I'll start with what you were raising about Wren there, and I thought it was very noticeable. Um, sadly, I wasn't there in person, which in enormous circumstances I, I, I would have been at the game. But sometimes you can miss things being at the game rather than watching it on the TV. And I know I just noticed beforehand Lampard was with Hudson Adoy, giving him a a, a he could tell a really good sort of talk, um, concentrating with him. And then what really struck me was, yeah, there was the goal. Uh, he took his goal brilliantly. And, of course, before that, like the, the interaction with Aspen Equator, which led to the cross for, for Werner's chance. Which I thought, he just looked sharp. He looked on it. But I just remember there was this moment in the first half where he was caught out for a moment defensively. Um, and but he sprinted back and got and got a block in for it to go out for a corner, and that really struck me because I don't think Hudson Adoy last season or his first season when Sarri bothered to start picking him, um, I don't think he would have got back to to make that block. And I, I just thought that really stood out. Lampard's words after the after the game I thought were very significant, far more positive and upbeat than than any other time that he's spoken about Hudson Doy recently, sort of praising, as, as you've raised, his work rate, not just his, his um, attacking play. Um, as far as his situation generally, 
I, I still think there's there's a lot for him to improve on. He's got to he's got to start um, dribbling past people. Um, if you remember, Robert Green gave an interview, I think to Five Live, uh, when reflecting on the Sarri era, and, and and he talked about this player that 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 would often be the best player in training, taking players on for fun, and, and none of the first team players could understand why Sarri was not even giving him a chance. But then, of course, the the went you know a few months into him actually getting on the pitch. He suffered that Achilles injury, and and you do look at him and go, "Are we seeing the Hudson Adoy, the fully confident 100% Hudson Adoy since that injury?" I don't think so. I think we're seeing flashes of it. Um, his goal involvement is still remarkable, though. He seems to come up with an assist or a goal every other match. Um, but I think if he if he wants to become a regular first team player, he needs to get into a position where he's going to do like a Pulisic or a Zayesh and 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 beat a man as well as score a goal or perhaps create an assist. But certainly the signs are encouraging. It looks like his confidence is is starting to come back. Yeah, I totally agree with that. I mean, it's just, uh, for me personally, I do feel like, obviously, it's going to be very, very hard to overtake a Pulisic or a Ziyech, even if, you know, hudson Adoy does come in like a Ren, Ren game and do really well. I just feel like those two are so like nailed on I mean I don't know it's going to be difficult for him but obviously every player can force a manager's hand and as a fan obviously I really really hope he does that because another thing I, I guess we could mention is our squad depth this season I, I mean we're, we're truly pressed Chelsea fans mm-hmm. to see so much squad depth in, in most areas apart from I, may, I guess maybe you could say like left back or something um, so what do you think about our squad depth this season compared to previous seasons Simon because I remember, obviously, I've been a Chelsea fan a long time. I remember these windows where we were making so many like questionable signings and, and we didn't have enough depth in different areas. So, you know, is it pleasing to see like how Lampard's building his squad like in the ways he's doing it? Yeah, I mean, I still think there, there's work to do on this squad um, with it, incomings and outgoings. Um, there's been a lot of mediocrity signed over the years, which is why Chelsea have gone from from regular title contenders to uh, you know a side that's been struggling to qualify for the Champions League or sort of being pushed towards it. Um, but there are again re- real signs of encouragement from what was a tremendous transfer window, the the best transfer window Chelsea have had for many a year. You have to say, um, I, I do worry for Chelsea if Thiago Silva gets an injury. Because you know, the, the, as the rest of the centre backs have shown um, under Lampard last season, um, that, that they're questionable without a player of Silver's class, um, sort of making that difference. I mean, I know there's been a couple of games where Silver hasn't played recently, where Rudiger's come in, and 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 that situation seems to have died down a little bit. Um, Rudiger seems happy to stay now, but I, I do. I, I would be concerned if Silva picked up a major injury because uh, I don't know how you guys feel about him, but for me, he, he's he's arguably the best centre back I've seen since since John Terry left. Um, yeah, he's incredible. He, he yeah. has that. He has that. The first time I saw him in the flesh, uh, the first game I attended, um, I think it was Crystal Palace because I don't get to as many games as I used to because of this uh, awful virus. Um, and I just, 
I just saw a guy that that just had this aura about him. Unfortunately, you, you fans, you don't get to 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 be at the ground. Um, but honestly, if you, you're actually at the stadium, there's a difference from watching on TV and and being at the stadium, as you know, if, when when you're actually there. And and the guy just he he just is a massive presence. Um, and I just think that oozes confidence throughout throughout the team when he's in it. So I, I would worry if he gets an injury, as I said. But yeah, I mean, you look at you look at the other positions. Um, there's so many attacking options. Um, the fact that Chelsea have won without Pulisic and Havertz recently, um, and, he, and Chelsea didn't really miss them. Um, very very encouraging. I, I'd say another player that Chelsea can do can't afford to be without though is Engolo Kante. Um, I think he's been absolutely massive. Um, then you could also say Ben Chilwell, could they afford to be without him? Because then you're suddenly in the Alonso Emerson situation. Um, that's why I meant at the start about I think I still think there's which which Chelsea will address over the next few years of slowly sort of removing perhaps the Europa League <laughs> quality of player and, and, and getting sort of more more quality to make the squad even stronger. But Chelsea is certainly going places. I just want to add to that quickly. I think there's very good points there made, especially by Simon, especially about the um, the depth issue that Pice brought up. I think it's true that if we get a major injury, say, you know, in defence, Thiago Silva replacing that would be extremely hard because it's Thiago Silva. Um, and same with Mendy. Obviously, Mendy had picked up an injury and there was panic stations yeah. for Chelsea fans. I yeah. think it's, it's, it's one where... Many or well, some Chelsea fans, you know, some may even think we're title challengers this season because based on how we start started the season. But it takes one injury, it takes a couple injuries to suddenly change the perspective. And then when one result goes against us or two goes the results go against us, then it can change the outlook. So I think it's it's key for us to sort of realise that yeah, we have got this squad, but at the same time, it's not a perfect squad. We haven't, you know, it only takes a couple of injuries for everything to change. And you know, under Lampard, obviously this season. And he's got next season as well. This season, obviously, the new signings are expected to gel. But, um, you know, we've heard of a three, sort of three-year plan or progression in the media in the sense that, you know, next year is probably when the expectations will be to sort of win uh, more titles. But I think it's crucial to remember that it, injuries, you can't predict them and you never know when one's going to hit. And if it's, for example, Thiago Silva, then we've seen, like Simon mentioned, that uh, you know the backup options haven't filled us with confidence. So I think it's one to keep an eye on. But um, I think we're lucky to have better depth than many in the league. I say that's the way to put it. Mm, yeah, very very good points there, Dubois. Um, so the last sort of thing we want to talk about, Simon, obviously moving away from the Bren game, the Spurs game coming up, the big one. So I'm going to ask you for your <laughs> prediction, uh, your oh, predicted no. lineup. <laughs> and also, and also, what you sort of think the game plan will be from Lampard, sort of, you know, yeah, just in general, attack or, or maybe do you, do you think he'll go more defensive and hit them on the break or, or what do you think is going to happen? How do you think he's going to be able to beat Jose Mourinho? Because obviously he is three and one against him. Obviously we did lose in the League Cup, but in overall picture, Lampard seems to have the better of Mourinho, which is very, very interesting. Yeah, um, but. Chelsea fans know Mourinho better than anyone, and um, and I I would sort of um, therefore there's every reason to be cautious. Um, Spurs are, are clearly going to come with a 
a very defensive counter-attacking game plan. It's going to be a classic Mourinho, um, as he's done against Man City only the other day. Um, I can I can just see him sort of just sitting back, inviting Chelsea onto onto them, and then trying to spring with with Kane. Kane, who I sort of think he's almost turned into a Idigar Johnson type um, striker. If you remember, Idigar Johnson was was very uh, was very instrumental in the early years of Jose uh, when Drogba was still sort of um, uh, let's just say finding his way into English football. And you could argue that that some of Chelsea's best football was when Johnson would be dropping deep, holding the ball up, and then pinging balls to Robin and Duff. And it's it's very similar how Kane plays with Song. So that's something that that Chelsea have to be wary about. The question is whether Lampard is going to stick with four three three, which you you would think he would he should do because of um, the recent results. But will he be tempted to go three at the back, which is something that he's beaten Jose with in the past? So it's very difficult to pick the team. It's almost like what team he might pick and what team I'd like him to pick. I think I'd probably go with the team I I would go with. Um, And I I, I just think if it ain't broke, don't fix it. I I think the the way that Chelsea are playing with this 4-3-3, it should should still be in place. So, you know, the back five picks itself, um, the same back five with uh, Reese James obviously coming back in for Espelicueta. Um, Kante in, in your, as you're holding mid, mid with Mason Mount. And here's the decision Kai Havertz or um, Kovacic. Um, if Havertz is 100% after COVID, I'm going with Havertz, I'm going with the attacking option. Um, and then the front three of Zayesh, Abraham, Werner. Yeah, I think that's a very, very strong tale. I think we're very, very capable of beating Spurs, especially like on the form we are right now. It's just the sort of like I hope Lampard doesn't kind of like overthink it and go with like a like a five back and just sort of be kind of like negative. I, I don't know. I mean, it's it's just a difficult one. As fans, we all want different things. You know, I personally want us to attack them hard. I want them. I want us to get at them from the off. Um, but you know, some people might like to sort of take the cautious approach, and and maybe that's what Lampard will do, and he he will do like a five back, and we won't be as 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 attacking and creative. Maybe we will use Werner on the counter attack and sort of match them that sort of way. But um, yeah, I mean, as you mentioned there, a good point there about Havertz. Obviously, I mean, he's such a fantastic player, but obviously. Is he going to be a hundred percent fit? We don't we don't know yet. Um, do you know anything more about like the his fitness situation at all? Or is it just a case of you know only sort of Lampard knows or until the next press conference sort of thing? Yeah, I mean, all, what I was told because because uh, obviously right that 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 Havertz was was going to miss um, which league game was it? My brain's fried. Newcastle. <laughs> um, so I was aware that that he was going to miss the Newcastle game. That uh, it was described to me that unlike other players that had had issues with COVID, he had developed more symptoms um, than others, um, and that's why he hadn't trained too much. Um, so when he got back to training, what's it last Thursday before the Newcastle game? So he trained over the weekend. 
um, got a few minutes at Wren, you would still have to question his fitness, I think, because for a top pro to go essentially what was two weeks without training, proper training, um, that that's significant. People, people don't, I don't think people really understand how much um, you lose when you don't play, to, even if it's just a couple of weeks. The reason why I'd still pick him, though, is um, I, I know I know Chelsea fans very Kovacic, their player of the season, and you know everyone's entitled to their opinion. Um, and who am I to argue with the fan base? But I, I'm I'm still to be convinced that when you're going for victory, Kovacic is the player you want. Um, uh, I, I don't think he comes up with goals or assists. And, you know, there are a few nice touches, but there are also quite a few negative touches from a defence point of view. So that's why I'm going with Havertz. I'm probably going to get lots of stick now on uh, <laughs> via your listeners about my views on Kovacic. But I didn't think he had a particularly good game against Wren. Um, uh, yeah, I'm still to be convinced by him. That's fair enough. I mean, I won't, I won't argue with you because obviously I, I, I don't presume you'd know, but I'm a very, very big Kovacic fan, probably one of the biggest. So um, <laughs> yeah, we, we won't, we won't start on that. But we'll just sort <laughs> Not of like, anyone. But I'm surprised you, you. I'm surprised I'm still on on air then. <laughs> no, it's fine. We're, we're anyway, guys. We're, we're about to end it now. Otherwise, me and Simon will go on a 35 minute or an hour, even two hour long argument on Kovacic. So. Um, <laughs> That anyway, could be a yeah. special edition. <laughs> yeah, special edition. Maybe we'll save that for next time, <laughs> honestly. <laughs> but, um, yeah, honestly, thank you so much, Simon, for, for no taking problem. the time out and, and coming on. Obviously, we will leave all your links down below in the description. And, um, yeah, very, very respected on, on Twitter, especially, obviously, I follow him. Most people follow him, gives updates and, and news and all this. And, yeah, very, very interesting, especially during the transfer window. It's one of my favourite times to follow people like Simon because you do get like the inside news and stuff of, of what's happening. So that's all that's all good. So um yeah, thank you so much for, for coming on, Simon. Is, is there anything else you'd you'd like to add about, about anything we've talked about or or is that it for you? Um I, I just think I just think before before I go, um I just think Chelsea fans and uh, you're always wary of this because you know you're only one bad result away from from the mood turning, especially with Spurs being the next team. But I, I, I just think right now everyone should be feeling really positive, and um, that's why I'm quite surprised. Even though they, I understand the disappointment when Vernon misses a chance or two, that that any player should be really targeted with criticism right now. You know, Chelsea have just won six games in a row. Um, the mood should be pretty upbeat. Um, you know, I, I remember at the start of the season, I was seeing ridiculous things like Lampard out tre- uh, trending on, on social media and stuff, and that's all gone a bit quiet. Um, what I would say, um, conversely, to completely contradict myself, is um, until Sunday, don't get carried away. <laughs> because Chelsea, what you would say is they've still yet to beat a, a, a big team like a, a, a get that big big win that sort of really um, makes everyone stand up and, and take notice. And I think if Chelsea beat Spurs a week after Spurs beat Man City, and we we sort of saw the 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 coverage that Spurs victory got, I think if Chelsea were to beat Spurs, then it really would underline the fact that they are the real deal. And I think 
from Liverpool to Man City to you know Spurs, obviously, I think everyone would uh, would then consider Chelsea a real team to be uh, worried about in terms of the title race this season. Yeah, I think that's the message mainly from from this episode, guys. Guys, obviously, we did very well against Ren to get the result, but Spurs is the big one. We need to win to to make it. I would say make a statement. I think we've already made a statement in terms of like how well we're doing in our results and performances and, and individual players. But to paint an overall, like a proper, proper statement, as you said, to beat a big team would be fantastic. And there's no better team to have a statement against than Spurs. So, yeah, guys. Anyway, thank you so much for listening to this episode. As usual, leave your comments down below on what you thought on any of the topics we discussed. Uh, once again, thank you to Simon for coming on. And apart from that, guys, we're me and Dubois out. We're going to see you next time. Thank you for listening. And uh, yeah, take care.